0: Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me. My name is Robin Ayoub. I'm the founder of Localization Fireside Chat, and thanks for joining me on this Friday morning, March 24th, 2023. I am happy and I have the pleasure to have my friend Charles L'Esperance with me here for this episode of Localization Discussion, and Charles and I go way back. We work together on the CLIA, that's the Canadian Language Industries Association. We've had so many, you know, thought-provoking conversations in the past, and I thought, What best way to end the week this week, other than having a coffee with my good friend Charles L'Esperance. Again, this is a casual conversation in this day and age where we wish to be closer to each other and talking to each other over a regular cafe somewhere in Montreal, hopefully, and we can't do that. So we, I decided to create something that gives us the opportunity to chat casually about our industry but using technology such as connecting with each other via camera. So welcome to the show, Charles. Thank Uh, you, Robin. For those who don't know you, if you don't mind, uh, introduce yourself. uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself personally, your business, where you're located, etc. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Robin. And uh, I think it's a great initiative to to start this podcast to reflect the the reality of the industry here in Canada and abroad as well. So thank you for for this great initiative. So Yeah. yeah father of two, two young kids. I started in the industry 10 years ago, founding OXO Innovation. And before that, I studied law. I worked in the law industry for two, three years in a big four accounting firm doing taxation. And basically, uh, I joined a friend that had already a small boutique translation company. And I say, why not? growing this company, and I was amazed by the size of the industry at first. I did some research, even though I was not a trained translator or project manager. So in Quebec, in Canada, you cannot escape the need and of, of translating, right? So uh, mm-hmm. at first, the idea was to bring the Canadian company global. That was our first thought, to be, to help the CERN du Soleil, Bombardier, CGI of this world to sell their, their products and services abroad. But quickly, the demand for English to French translations grew a lot. And I understood that this was probably the biggest market to address. That was in 2013. We grew, we had the high growth at the beginning. It's easier when you're small to grow a lot. And we did some acquisitions along the way. So we merged with a company in Brazil, CCAPS, in 2018. So we still have pretty big presence in South America with around 25 employees there. And I'm very proud to say that we kept all or most of the, 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 our employees there. And most, most recently, in 2019, we bought Comcastan Transcript, which was a leader in the Quebec market. Very strong presence amongst reg- regulated industries, such as banking and, and insurance and, and organizations like that. So I'm currently the CEO of Transcript and OXO. And my my job is to grow the companies, make sure that it's happy, help with recruitment and bring these two companies together to form a stronger business and to be able to grow the business here and internationally as well. This is always our goal as well is to be the number one Canadian company in Canada with a global presence. So that's the twist that I want to bring the OXO group forward. That's a great vision, you know.
0: You and I have talked about this before, and mm-hmm. you know, I always wondered. You know, Canada is in such a great place from a realization oh. perspective. You know, having both official languages in the country, it's a you know demographically, it's a multi- melting pot in terms of the number of languages spoken in this country. I don't know if you recall, but there was an RFP from the city of Toronto a few years back, and it's I think it included something over 100 languages in it for for, for support. That gives you the indication as to how many languages are spoken in the country? So, the environment is really conducive for a, a Canadian company to make it on the global stage in terms of size, et cetera. So, I don't know if you remember the Moravia RWS, you know, the Moravia, you know, from the, uh, from the Eastern European countries and grew such a large organization, such a successful organization, ended up merging with with, with SDL. I mean, there must be a way to take one of these Canadian companies. And I say that because I'm the president of the Canadian Language Industry Association. And that's my passion, is to, to see one of those companies, you know, blast out of orbit, I say, and move away from the traditional Canadian industry, not necessarily forget about it, but just take what you've learned in the Canadian market and propel that to the next to the next to the next markets, if you will, globally. We
1: have very solid organizations here, but I feel that we're so comfortable with. The high demand to address here in canada and quebec english to french that you know we, we become happy and it's comfortable to say okay we know what we're doing english to french french to english we're good at it why bother doing spanish and german and so on in, 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 and and compete with global organizations that's the, that's the difference too but it would be great to have i don't know it, it would probably come with mergers and other acquisitions but one can as an employer that can have a global presence and yeah. leverage really the, the, the work that is here and bet still heavily on the work that is done in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but try to compete with Moravia and, and you know, the bigger, the top 10 companies in the world on global accounts. I think this is where no one, I think, really made it yet. And uh, if,
0: if you think of the if you think of Charles of the uh, the uh, the global market right so I know CSA research put a study out I think they mentioned something like 18,000 companies in the localization industry worldwide but if you look if you sort through the list I mean it is predominantly you know at the top 80 20 rule always in every industry right so 80% of the volume for the industry is controlled by the top 20 customers uh, 20 sorry by 20, mm-hmm. 20 companies and the rest of the companies that below that, they are smaller, etc. cetera. So from a market perspective, there must be like some sort of a, a window of opportunity here for somebody who is in the small to medium size to grow and become a large mm-hmm. organization. The, the market must be craving for that. I mean, if you were to be a top company, I'm, I'm thinking on the customer side and in in you're big buyer of, of localization, who do you deal with? I mean, you already have the top five or the top ten that you're always dealing with. But wouldn't it be refreshing to see, you know, a young newcomer on the global stage, you know, making an impact in 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 that in that regard. And and I think, think there opportunity the opportunities there. For sure.
1: First space, because we used to to deliver high quality in terms of translations. The the terms quality I know is always up to debate what is quality and so on. But because of the requirements here, in, in, for the French translations, we used to deliver that, and I think this is what we should export. It's like Cirque du Soleil; they export the best acrobatic shows in, on the planet. This is their, you know, their, 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 their image, and so on. This is what they sell. Mm-hmm. We should be selling high quality for global organizations such as global banks, for example, big law firms, things like that. Mm-hmm. organizations like that. I think this is where we, we could leverage our expertise of very high standards mm-hmm. and i'm not sure we're geared to do billions of words in 10 languages with low quality and high technology I, i'm not sure anyone in the current market in canada are geared for that but where we can really compete mm-hmm. is regulated markets high quality and uh, deliver at scale with with the standards that we have here and this is how we should brand ourselves as an yep. industry is we are the best if you go it's like the swiss chocolate i don't know you know you know, it's going to be good so if you buy translations from canada you know it's going to the, the and you want the best and you're really to pay the you will be satisfied as a customer
0: my, my friend charles making me crave chocolate now i want chocolate
1: <laughs> i'm sorry robin <laughs> It's almost Easter, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm trying to buy
0: some Easter eggs here. So, the you bring up a very good point. And for those audience who don't who don't know, who are not familiar. Cirque du Soleil is a Quebec-based company, and you know, and it is a successful company who started in Quebec doing something excellent, and they took that excellence and they exported it. So you're right. You bring up a very good point. The fact that you go global, it doesn't mean that you need to lose your identity that you started with that identity that you started with made you successful and you maintain that identity will give you a, a much broader audience on the global stage, but you don't have to change your, who you are mm-hmm. as an organization, the product you deliver or the service that you deliver, et cetera. So this is very, very good idea because- and,
1: go, mm-hmm. ahead. go ahead. On this French Canadian, I think we are born a bit shy of breaking barriers internationally and be proud of the success. And yep. this is something I think is historical and it's in our background. So we need to break that, this down and be proud of, okay, let's go global. Let's be the number one. Because if you don't dream about being number one, no one's going to do it, really. So I
0: tell, you, I tell you, though, you bring a very good point. I mean, I don't call it shyness. I think, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've been, as you know, I've been selling Canada in a variety of industries for many years and selling abroad for Canadian industries in many years. I call it being humble. We're not, you know, robotish, you know, we're not chauvinistics, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't yell it from the top of our lungs. Maybe we should. We're very, we're very humble in the way we approach sales and marketing. You know, I'm I'm speaking in general in Canada, right? So it is not something that we, you know, raise the flag or anything like this. We we tend to be a little bit humble in terms of how we talk about our services and our products, which sometimes be mistaken for being shy about it, uh, which is not, which is not, I, I don't believe. It's the case. We're not shy. I mean, we go into a meeting, we go into discussions, we express our views respectfully, but we don't, you know, the audience, you know, the idea here is that if you want to go on the global and you've seen it like with Nortel, Blackberry and various other companies that, you know, they went to the, on the global stage and somewhat, you know, I mean, specifically in the case of the old Nortel, for those of you who remember Nortel, I'm, I'm dating myself now, you know, what happened there? You go on a global stage and if you don't have the right, the right mystery or the right makeup of what you're trying to sell on a global stage, you somehow get defeated and come back to the Canadian market and you say, okay, well, we're good at this. We know how to do this. And let's focus on this one. But the boat has sailed and at that point, and there's nothing nothing left. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen to Canadian language industry. No, because the services in languages, and that's you and I talked about this one. Languages will always be needed, and we'll talk into technology mm-hmm. in a second. Languages will also always be needed. It, different than technology. Technology comes in in phases. So you've got a hot technology now, may not be hot tomorrow. So you got to capitalize on what you have now. But since the Babylon day, 10,000 years ago, languages are needed. Languages are, will always be with us in terms of somebody needs to facilitate it. Globally, there's hundreds of languages spoken. Nobody, no human, no single human can claim I speak more than seven, maybe 10, 12. That's a wizard. But there are, nobody's going to be able to speak hundreds of these languages at the same time. Yes. So they need a facilitator. So, and that need will always be there. Either we do it via technology, we do it via human, but there always need, need a, there is a need there to be facilitating those conversations, which brings me to the next topic, which is technology. So how do you use technology in your world now? And where do you see technology either helping or not so much in, in, in our industry?
1: Big debate, Rob. <laughs> we have chosen so to bring off-the-shelf solutions and build on it to... to, to to make it reflect more our client's needs and terminology and so on. So we use it at TMS and it's the base of, we use PluNet, it's the base of our business intelligence. If you want, is where we manage projects, below the margins, the, 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 the where, which industries send us more work and so on. And we're connected through CAT tools, like pretty much everybody else. Yep. And then we train machine translation based on our clients. This is more or less the portrait of our organization. Pretty similar to, I would say, you know, the top 20% of the industry. It's, we invested a bit more than, let's say, small boutique shops, but anyone could, 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 could have this, you know, package if you want. So technology will change in every step. So project management will become more automated. Why it's not automated right now is because there is a lot of intelligence involved on assigning jobs yet. This document, for this client, this document should go to this person or should go to this person for translation. We didn't find a way yet to automatize for, a thing, for one client the workflow depending on which documents because you don't know until you open the document actually what it talks about. So mm-hmm. this is a bit where I'm sure that AI like JGPT could could get this intelligence on the nature of the document and the, the wording in it to That's see right. who's, which bis, best resources translators should work on. it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not there yet in, in Adoxo whatsoever. On the machine translation side, yes, technology, you're reading these DPL the or Google Translate or ChatGPT. the language is, is, is really good. It's not there always reflecting what the source document is actually saying. So it's much more natural than, let's say, five years before but there is still sometimes a gap in the meaning of the of the of the of, of the words, which is problematic because if it's let's say it's very good one times out of two yeah in the industries that we're working in you can the, the the clients cannot take the risk that is will be good one times out of two it needs to be yep. good 99.9 percent of the time or 100 percent right. of the time so right. this is where there's the trust people yep. trust us with their documents to be always accurate and the humans are so important in that trust because humans understand for now. So this is where I feel that we will use technology more to go yes, faster, to, to produce better quality, especially faster. This is where the clients want, they want the, the ready to publish much faster than before. Yeah. Uh, websites seem to be almost real time updated. So this is where we will use technology. It's going to the overall quality of service, but Mm. the trust that humans put on humans is more important than ever.
0: And you know, you bring a very good point because for you and me, and you know, this is going back to, you know, starting a company in Canada and moving global because it gives you that foundation. Why is because in Canada, when you give somebody a translated document, they're able to discern, they're able to understand if this is good or bad, because most likely they speak two languages. And, and for the other languages, and I don't wanna name any, and for the most consumers of language conversations, normally when they're handed over a document in another languages, they don't understand what's in it. So let's say, from, and that's, let's take it from me, right? I don't speak Korean, I don't understand Korean. If somebody hands me a document in Korean, says this is coming from a machine translation, I'm gonna look at it and I'm gonna say, yeah, it looks Korean, so that must be good. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't have a means to judge it on my own person, right? So I can't read and say, that th- doesn't make any sense. But if you give me a document in Spanish, sorry, in French or in Arabic or in English, I can tell you this is good, bad or ugly. So yeah. so it, when you come from that environment where you're constantly being judged on this and it doesn't matter if you use technology as a human, et cetera, then you, you develop processes, you develop ways to deal with that and you take it global. This is very, very fundamental. And, you know, you know. And this is another topic too, where customers are saying, and especially big customers are saying, you know, we have a lot of content. We've got a lot of things that we need to translate. And if I want to put this into a, a process where I'm only using human, A, it's going to cost me more. And B, I'm not going to produce it in time. So they're, 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 therefore, they're looking for ways to resolve that. And I don't know if you've seen the last one. I think the gentleman's name, they, known by on YouTube, he's a big YouTube personality. He's known as the beast, I think his name is Mr. Mr. Beast Beast or something on on YouTube. He got tired. He got, apparently he got tired of paying for translation. He started his own dubbing company and uh, using AI, artificial intelligence. You got to, because technology is becoming more available now and you can do a lot more, you know, you mentioned earlier about project management and using AI for that. Because technology is allowing us to do more with now, because any one of us, you and I can go in, it's open source. You can develop your own application. You can write your own thing. And it's not that hard, really. And so you're going to see a lot more of of these kind of scenarios. One A for us, we need to use technology. We need to harness the power of technology. But our customers are going to be doing the same thing. The customer of the industry is going to be doing the same thing. It goes back into the tolerance of quality, as you mentioned earlier. How willing are you as a customer, as a consumer of content, to tolerate and what level of tolerance you have for the quality, and this is where we come in. Now we're going to talk about the the grading of quality. So, and you know, what is the maximum quality, middle way, middle middle of the road quality, and low quality, and how do you judge that? Have you done this before? Like, have you done any
1: grading for qualities? Typically, our clients they they're expecting, they expect and they 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 want um it's a triple A grade, but we're saying this. Yes, the fit for purpose is a discussion in Canada that probably started five, 10 years ago elsewhere. Be- because of the new bill, Bill 96, I think it's opened the door to, not every document is made the same. We need to be able to discriminate a bit. Documents with high visibility, imp- high impact on either employees, customers, stakeholders, documents that will be good enough. It, the com- I, I feel the conversation is starting it's, or start to start <laughs> okay. um, and I, it's not a bad thing I mean it, it's it, it, and it's true in a way that if it's the press release of a president of a major bank and it goes in the media it's not the same as if it's an email for internal team of 10 people and it's to be in French or in Spanish because you have a small team somewhere and if there's a typo, it's not the end of the world. So it's not true that it's the same. What we need to do is to adapt our practices and our workflows to make sure that we can do that. And it's not yep. that easy. If you ask a translator to do a social job, I mean, this is not, I mean, it's like asking your lawyer to make a social job. Like he's gonna tell you, well, sorry, you can go elsewhere To I'm, yep. I'm a professional. I want to do a good job. What we can do is adapt our workflows so that everybody is you know like there is everybody's agree on how what's the quality needed and that a translator is, that is a professional would be still proud of, of 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 his work or her work so this is where we still need to think about our workflows and be ready to help this company to scale because with the new Bill like, 96 the volume are exploding and i'm not sure there's enough translators in canada to yes, meet that's right meet these demands so we'll need as an industry to think this collectively and it's a bit taboo I think <laughs> but th- there is no choice unfortunately in the future that we will need to do that and it started elsewhere I mean if you go to Airbnb, it's not true that every comment is translated and revised by human because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense it's just too much work to be done for the if you read a comment on Amazon or Airbnb, it doesn't need to be perfect. I mean, do you understand the person was happy about his stay in Paris things,
0: the emotion attached to it? Is, are they happy? Are they neutral? Or are they mad? Is it a good location? So,
1: on so I understand. And the clients yeah. wanted for yesterday, anyways, because as you know, we are the end of the cycle of the content production, so we need to adapt. And this is something that the industry needs to talk more about how to and, do and this. And the other thing that we keep you know we don't talk about it
0: often and i think it's 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 relevant is most content today has an expiry date on it shelf life oh. so you don't re- you don't do a you know a document to stay forever anymore maybe there are a very small percentage of those documents where you absolutely it stays forever but most content if you want to do the 8020 rule again 80% of the content have a very short life you post something on social media, you put it in any other uh, media. This is, you know, when you put something on Facebook, you know, two weeks later, nobody's looking at it. You when you put something on Twitter, yes. maybe one week it lives there and you're at the bottom of the stream. Nobody's even watching that anymore. What do you, you know, do, do you guys, uh, do, do you agree or?
1: Yes, I agree. Short life, but high visibility. So at this is. At the beginning though. At the beginning, but every mistake is exponentially more damageable right. than before. Because right. social media, if you go, I don't know, on a telecom or a bank, there's millions of views. So currently the market, because of the high visibility of a lot of the content, especially online, the trade-off is like, going to pay the regular rates, even though it has a, a shorter mm-hmm. life span, but because it's high visibility, there is zero mistake whatsoever that could be, you know, possible or so. This is the double, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of I don't know if it's a paradox or something, but things are changing, and we need to adapt. This is what I tell my team yesterday: is uh, we need to be more flexible, we need to adapt, and be an organization that is geared to meet correct uh, the 5 10 years the challenges that's going to come so
0: and, and you know you've been a very good point we're we're always going to be and i feel like and i've wrote i've written a blog on this one for those of you who don't, don't who doesn't know where my blog is it's rabinayub.blog i guess that's my that's my site if you if you want to check it out and i talk about the hybrid environment and the hybrid environment meaning that human and machine they were always going to need to be going existing now mm-hmm. the balance in our business in our in a localization industry is is the trick is to create the balance and, and, you know, the balance between how much human you're going to use and how much machine you're going to use in order for you to produce the intended outcome. And the intended outcome, which I go back to a little bit in, in, in a second here, the intended outcome is judged by two people, the customer and the translator. Sometimes the translator wants that perfectionist environment, mm-hmm. that perfection that I produced a good quality translation and everybody is proud of their work. And everybody wants to sign off on something that is good, which I'm, um, you know, rightly so. And you don't want them. You don't want it any other way. And sometimes the customer is saying that's good enough. Yep. So we have that tug of war almost between a perfectionist mentality on our staff and the customer who's saying eh, I'm I'm happy with it. And I'm I'm not sure if you've seen that in your environment, but that's that's always been it's <laughs> always been. The that's case.
1: why I think the only way to address that is the workflow, so that everybody is happy. The transmitters does do the best that he can in the workflow that meets the client's needs and it's for us as business people to create a workflow that meets the um, expectations of everyone and but it's a it's a fine line (laughs) and it's a fine line and this is a topic that that, that i think we should discuss more in the industry and put things on the table because our clients want the same thing if we're if everybody's is is you no know, taboo it, and maintain that a yep. bit taboo it's it, it, it we, we won't progress and then someone is going to come and meet more of the client's needs and uh, we need I remind reminded be to- several industries right I don't know pick pick one
0: it doesn't matter which one there are two there are two types of uh, in the same industry you'll find there mm. are two types one is a fully automated part of the industry and one that is more of an artisan if you will a boutique mm. Of how we address a specific industry it doesn't matter if you're a baker if you're it doesn't matter what industry you're in you always find that you always find high volume producing very much too much uh, sometimes output and then you've you've got those companies where' it's saying okay no I'm going to do it the old traditional fashion way I'm going to produce it in a very specific way that I've learned in in school that I've learned in university and that's nobody's going to change my mind and I don't care if Technology is gonna to get to a point where they're gonna read my mind and translate for me. No, nope, I'm just gonna do it the way I've learned to do it in college. So, and you've got customers for both, though. You've got customers who want that yes. you know, fine touch artisan, et cetera. And you've got customers who want just I want, like I've got too much of it. I mean, you've in got opinion, coming at you with five million words, they want it like, you know, a very short time. And then you're gonna say, well, how am I gonna
1: produce that? How many people am I gonna to have to put on it? Exactly. The future is to be able to do both. I think having the best linguist a hybrid environment. Because to if we talk about post edition or you need to have solid linguists to be able to do that. So because the, the 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 tricks that the machines are missing or you need to have the eye for that. And it's not we need to train our people to be able to do it, but experienced people are the ones that will do it easier, I think. Uh, yeah. So I, the, the future the organization of the, the best one that will succeed will be the one that can do both, adjust. Correct. It's like sports car. You can go fast, you can go slow. And this it, is...
0: It, you know, I always give the analogy, right? So when you're in the service industry, uh, adjusting is not as bad as you were, let's say, in an automotive industry, right? So if mm-hmm. you are let's say, a car manufacturer and tomorrow you're going to produce a new model, guess what? Every factory in the world needs to shut down For a few weeks to retool to recalibrate to put new parts on the on the assembly line to produce a new car in our industry because and and it's very unique to our industry because no single customer is like the second customer so every customer is different and within the customer there is groups of customer users that they're using your services i'm sure that they have a specific needs different than others within the same customer yes Marketing, HR, legal, etc. All these yes. customer groups have different needs. So the customization of our work in our industry is inherited by the nature of our industry.
1: Yes, yes, totally. I agree. It's the ability to go different speed that or you not know, that is important. And that that's our work. That's why we do a lot of HR every day, is to be able to build a team mm-hmm. that is like a sports team. You know, it, people at different places. Mm-hmm. to meet the client's requirements. This is why you want diverse talents. You want people with different qualities as well, because it's not, you know, the customers don't want always the same thing. You need to be able to adjust. And the, the big clients, they have, as you said, different departments. So if you want these contracts, you need to be able to produce a bit of everything. So, yes. Yeah. Hey, it's switching topic on you. Have you played around with the Chat GPT? What do you think? <laughs> I played a bit with it. It's surprisingly good in terms of language. This is the big the you know the big breakthrough, and what people are amazed at is the fluidity of the language is unparalleled and it will continue to evolve. I must say that in the in the language industry, we are playing with AI for quite some time. So comparing different industries, let's say copywriting or coding or jobs like that, ChatGPT is probably a bigger news because this is completely new or. From what I understand of it, it's completely new. For the language industry, we have these tools that we train, that has been trained, LLM, for a long time, right? So we are used to it for the translation part. For the rest of the business, I think it can bring a lot. Maybe sales, maybe marketing. We can use it more development because you want different APIs. Maybe... ChatGPT mm. will be able to create custom-made APIs for our businesses that will be super helpful and be able to connect in different clients' platform that currently are not possible. I don't know. The other thing that it could bring on the positive note is even more content to translate. Because we, try, we, we translate content that the clients produce. If they produce more content, that's right. Thanks to that's right. I mean, it's more content to translate as well. If they don't want to translate it in ChatGPT, that is. Exactly. But let's say that you create content in ChatGPT and then you've... Yep. Blog posts, marketing, websites, other microsites, mm-hmm. HR documents, your tax declaration, and you need to translate it. I mean, chances are that you will revise the English first or the, the source language first. Right. And then so the the workflow will be the same for the translation. We will revise the translation if it's important for the client. So I think for the foreseeable future, it's probably a good news in terms of volume, in terms of automation, but who who knows where it's going to bring us as an industry? And again, I want my group to be ready for these news and these challenges. Yeah, um, absolutely. And this is the direction we took for the next four years. We did a plan. That our name is OXO Innovation at Transcript as well. Innovation is one of our core values. Let's bet on this more because mm-hmm. things are charging faster. We need to be able to adapt, mm-hmm. and and yes. So for now, I'm excited. I I, I I let's see how the language industry will adopt the sure. the, 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 the 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 tool. Absolutely. Uh, but AI as general, we are you know we're using it for some time.
0: With chat GPT, What's I, yours? I was yes. playing around with it. And you know, my background is, is is programming. I used to, back in the days, and I still have that nostalgia. Once in a while, I just, you know, open a console somewhere, <laughs> write some codes just for the hell of it. So I was playing around and I said, okay, I want to create a, a Python code that does API and I'm sorry, I'm getting technical on people here. I want to get right an a general API code that does, sorry, general code and Python that takes an API into consideration, extract data and parse data into another system into another database. So, and I just gave the, you know, few sentences of the description and I got the code and it was amazing that all I have to do is change a few variables and I have a working code. I was like floored with it. I I personally was floored with it. Now I'm not a Python expert, so people don't come to me asking me to write (laughs) code. I'm not, I know enough to be extremely dangerous but i understand how logic and programming works and it does do what you told it to do so that's again you, you mentioned earlier it's not just a threat for a threat i mean i what what is a threat I and mean, we every time every time we hear about technology we think it's a threat but it isn't it's a tool to help us in a variety of industries program content writing copywriting in a variety of things like yes yes sales and marketing has got to be a huge advantage if people do yes. to use ChatGP, ChatGPT, from a sales and marketing, it's going to be the absolutely great tool to help you in, 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 in gaining advantage, to be honest with you.
1: Totally. I agree with you on the technology side. Since I started in 2013, all the time, like people are asking me, oh, what about Google Translate? And then DeepL, how are you going to have some job? And I'm proud to say we didn't we we didn't decrease our our rates once in ten years. I'm, I'm I'm in the industry, and the volume are just increasing every year. So I don't know. <laughs> Either we, as an industry, we gain shares of the market. But I read somewhere that already ninety nine percent of the content is machine translated. So as an industry of fifty billion or sixty billion, we already have only the one percent. Mm-hmm. So imagine if we yep. can. Adjust to have three percent of the the overall content market that is translated by machine translation, yeah. because we 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 involved in it because mm-hmm. we make it better. So no, there is opportunities out there. We just need to stay flexible.
0: That's a very that's a very, agile.
1: Inter- that's
0: a very interesting statistic you 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 state, and it's not because of you know customers want to use machine translation. It's just because. A, they feel free to do whatever they want to do. But B is because just think about it on the Canadian level, right? So, I mean, you know, the academic area in, 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 our, in our country, you know, the universities who are producing translators, and you know how many they're producing per year. I mean, they're not even producing 5% of what the industry needs to, 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 to use in terms of workforce to enable to address the, to, to address the demand. Now, not even producing 5%. So how do you fill the 95% of the gap? Is because you need to, now you got to get innovative, right?
1: Exactly. But we have other challenges and the challenges is training, is employee retention, is explain to the clients this difference in quality, what Mm -hmm. they need. So these are the challenges that, and labor shortage here in Canada and elsewhere as well. So these are all challenges that we need to address to be able to build on solid foundations. Sure. And the and economic
0: conditions too. Like I mean, the well. economic condition in not just Canada around the world. It's nothing to be smiling about. To be honest with you, it doesn't matter where you look. Inflation is up. Interest rate is up. You know, prices are up on everything, commodities, etc. So it's impacting our business. Our customers are asking, and, and and that's what I really enjoy. You know, in terms of in terms of having a laugh at, is because you've got all these economic conditions that there don't look good. Then you've got to a few of our, a few customers coming to you and say hey you know a procurement manager asked me to ask all of our suppliers to reduce our price by x percent right and and you've had those conversations and it sort of goes against everything else that's going in the market in a labor intensive industry such as ours it's not like we it's not like we're pressing a button or producing these things you've got teams you've got yes. labor yes. you've got many overhead that you need to pay for which is completely attached to the economic conditions of where you are
1: Totally. Uh, that's what we try to do every day. Is that's what we do. a lot, a lot, a lot of HR. I've got a lot
0: of customers. I've got a lot of partners asking me. Like a lot of you know, you know, a lot of our members in the in the industry and colleagues in the industry. They come and I ask me like, "Hey, you know, we need to increase our prices. You know, this is another conversation. I think we should table that for another for another episode. Is how do we increase prices? And we should. We should have that conversation. We
1: increased last year. I would say at least half of our top 10 clients' prices. And it's not because we were low before is inflation. And what, if you explain to that your payroll increased an average of four, five, 6%. I mean, if you want to keep investing in technology and, and keeping your resources, you need to increase the prices, not by 10% probably the, per year, but everybody everything is more expensive. So either... Mm-hmm. We are able to explain why the, the quality of the service we provide deserve a better rate, Mm -hmm. or if we cannot explain it, well, yes, (laughs) and the clients want to put uh, some suppliers in competition, the risk will decrease, but that's why like the small things that you do for clients are important because this is where they pay the premium prices and be able to generate good profits to, to, to be, uh, to be solid and robust. Yes yeah And as an industry, <laughs> we need to not to talk, but we need to keep the standards high, I think, or for the majority of the documents so that the price don't decrease. Yeah, yeah if there is a couple players cutting fifty percent of the rates, what can you do? But then yeah. the clients might notice a decrease in quality and and service. and because there is no there is no uh, what can I say the, we all play with mostly the same tools as an industry. We use the same cat mm-hmm. tools some of the AI is tweaked, but more or less the prices there is the same. So but how the same is it economic possible?
0: Environment too, the same economic environment. I mean, if you are competing well, with individual or companies that are based in your local, comp- in your local economy, they, they have the same economic yeah. parameters that you're dealing with.
1: Yeah. But price, since I started 10 years ago, it's less of a discussion than before I find. People want fast turnarounds this is where they they and versatility in your service offering in fact uh,
0: did, they, CSA did a study on this one and you're right price was not number one
1: price is not number one we barely lost customers on prices it's not a yeah. big discussion it's how can you help me to be compliant with the new laws and right. have our products ready to 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 market fast this is what yeah. i want and yeah. quality as well like Right. They don't want any reputations problems. So, but hey, is it going to be the same next year with recession or this? This I don't know. Yes.
0: No. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. We're coming up on the <laughs> uh, on the time here. I uh, any final thoughts from your side?
1: Let's keep the channels open as an industry. I think this is where we have some immense potential. Let's get together and try to build the next CGI of the translation and 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 rock it and bring our. Amazing mentality together. And I truly believe together we'll, we'll, we are stronger. And if anyone watching wants to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn and ping me and I'll be more than happy to grab a a coffee with, with any one of you. And thank you, Robin. It was really pleasure and it's really a pleasure to, to be working with you and you're my president. <laughs> I should have I should have said, "Hey, Mr. President," the whole the whole conversation.
0: <laughs> no, I, I just uh, I, I consider you a friend, a colleague, and and a great person to know and to work with. I, I really appreciate your time this morning, uh, and I look forward to seeing you in Montreal on the May in, in our conference, uh, May twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. For those of you who are not planning to go to Montreal, I think you should start planning to go to Montreal. We're having CLIA, a Canadian Language Industry Association is having their annual conference and the AGM is taking place in Montreal uh, the last weekend of, of the month. So- It the- will be
1: memorable. So make sure that you book. We have an excellent day.
0: program. This is after the long hiatus of COVID. We're going back to face-to-face in hybrid mode, obviously but we are looking to an exciting program. Everybody, Everybody's going to enjoy this one.
1: Thank you, Robin. Have a good Friday.
0: Thank you Thank so you much, weekend. everybody. And I look forward to talking to you further. Thanks.